Good morning, everybody. So today's been a little different, huh? Kind of, you're not sure what to expect right now? All right, well, that's good because it's going to be different and it's going to continue to be different. And so I know we've had a lot of our, our students, our young kids that have been here for VBS, they've already been here and they were here for early service, they stuck around to sing, and now they are gone because they're doing lunch and taking naps and doing all the stuff we want to do. Um, but those that are left, would you guys come up here for a minute, if you don't mind, coming around the side over here or up top with me? And I've got I've to, I need some help. So anybody that wants to come on, you come on up. Yeah, and you come over this side over here and grab a seat on the steps over here, if you would. Come over this way. Come on, Charlie. Come on. Go over this way. Oops, wait, that's good, too. You can sit over here, Charlie, if you want to. You can sit over here. You guys can sit down right here. How about make room for them? Right down front, right down there in front of Miss Tracy. So uh, I'm going to use some of you students, uh, some of you kids real quick uh, for an example to show. So here's what's been going on. For this week, we have been hosting students and children here and adult volunteers for all week for Vacation Bible School. We want you to know, parents family members, grandparents, that we have done something here that you might have already been doing at home, but we want you to see how we've done it so you know how to carry on the work, because this is a work that all of us need to participate in. And so uh, I need some volunteers to help me do that. Yes, come on up. And yes, you can help Harrison Hudson. Come on up. And oh, I see Georgia is like going to come unglued if she's not one of them. Come on up. And then um, hey, we'll, take, we'll take all three of you right there. Come on up right here. Okay, good. All right, now let me do this. Let me grab this one first, because she's crazy. <laughs> All right, so we're going to tell you how we've been sharing the gospel. Our whole series for VBS is Encounters with God, Encounters with Jesus. We've encountered him at the river, we've encountered him at the temple, and so we're going to talk about what that means, and what does it mean to come face-to-face with Jesus. And that's what we've been doing with these students, is telling them, we want you to meet Jesus, to come to Jesus, to get to know him, and to follow him with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. That's what we want, all your soul. So we're going to ask a little bit of help here. So we're going to start off by telling you the gospel message that they've been hearing with a little bit of visual help. Are you ready? Are you ready? Get my wrestling ears out. You ready? Yeah, over this side. Ready? Yeah, good, Hudson. Thank you. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Start off. We talk about the gospel, the good news about Jesus. We have to start with God. In the beginning, there was just God. Before time began, before anything happened, and God created everything, and everything was good because he's God. He knows all things. He doesn't need anybody else, but because he loves us, he created us because he wanted to love us out of the overflow of his heart. Not because he needed us, not because we complete him, but because he just wanted to show his love for us. God alone is sufficient for himself. All the happiness, all the joy he ever needed. Always right, always good, all-knowing, all-powerful. God is all he needs. Now, this young man is going to be God today. <laughs> we're going to set the bar high for the brewers. And uh, we're going to say that you're God, so you've got to act good up here, okay? Okay, good. The rest of you step back here for just a second. God was alone in the sense of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, three persons, that crazy, confusing Trinity statement that I just made. One God, all has always been, will always be. And he created all kinds of cool stuff. He created the earth, the moon, the stars. He created the animals, the vegetation. And in the end, he said it was all good. And then he created this most special part of his creation. He created man and woman, humanity. And he created them in his image because he wanted to show how 
great in love and glory he has and is. And so he created man and woman to be his friends, to be the first of his children. And they communed with him in the garden. They spent time with him where he had created them and placed them. He loved them. He walked with them. He hung out with them. And so I want somebody, who wants to volunteer? I need two of you. Hudson, Georgia, come up here. You're going to be uh, Adam and Eve, okay? Come up here. You're representing all humanity, so act good for the moment. Come over here. Should I catch that for the moment? So you guys share this. Okay, hold this. And God was friends with them. Put your arm around her. Brother, sisters, okay. Okay, and they, they loved each other, and they hung out all the time, and things were good. In fact, when he finished this part of creation, he said that things were very good. His scriptures tell us that it was very good. And this is where things were for, we don't know how long, maybe a long, long time. And God had only given them one instruction. He said, don't eat of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the only one to eat of anything else you want to eat, but don't eat of that. Well, what did Adam and Eve do? They went against God. They thought they knew better than God. They put themselves in the place of God. And so they ate of the fruit, and it caused a big problem. That was the first time that sin had entered into the world. We're going to make you sin. Come here, Harrison. Sin separated God. Go over there, God. And people. And sin, show everybody else. Sin, throw it the other way, show it the other way. Sin separated God from his people he created, and it impacted everything. Now, everything is out of whack. Everything's out of order. Everything is not how it should be. And the wages of sin is death is what the Bible tells us. And so that everybody understands that when you go against God, you're accruing payment towards death. It only takes one, but we do way more than one in our lifetime. And we inherit this sinful self from our parents. We inherit it from their parents. We got it from Adam and Eve eventually. And these folks were separated with no hope. You see, this is the biggest problem of all the Bible. The fact that God created us to be with him in relationship, but we are separated from God because of our choice to sin against God, to miss the mark that he set us up for. And so we are separate that. We need to get our way back to God, but there's a problem. We can't do it. We can't earn it. We can't make it happen. So step back here a little bit, sin. Come this way. You three ladies, come here. Now, I want to tell you real quick, I don't know how good you guys are at jumping, but I've seen this girl in action. She's fast, and she's very athletic, so you better watch out. She's going to go last. Step back here. You come over here. You get lined up right here. Stand right here. I want you one at a time. Come over here, Jordan. I want you one at a time to line up, and I want you to jump in one jump from here to where God is. Okay? Are you ready? Let's see how far you I'll give you two steps, and then you jump see how far you get. Ready? Go. Pretty good, but not quite there yet, I don't think. I meant to go all the way, the whole way. Okay, ready? Wait, ready? That was close. Do it again. Do it again. Okay, you can do it. Let her go. It's her turn. Let her go. Ready? Try. That was a pretty good attempt, right? Really good. Not it, though. Jordan, how about you try? You're going to get there. I know it. Oh, a lot closer, but not there. You see the problem? No matter how many times we pray, no matter how many times we go to church, no matter how hard we try, we can never get there. We can never make our way. We can never get there far enough because sin separates us. The chasm is too great. So, because we can't overcome it, God loved us so much that he overcame it for us. That God so loved us that he gave his one and only son, who is Jesus. 
And this love overcomes our sin. It, it overshadows it and takes over. And he sent Jesus to be the one sacrifice. Fully God became fully man to become one of us, to live the life we could not live and die the death that we deserve because of our sin. Jesus died that death on the cross. And he demonstrated real love for us to overcome our sin. And now he connects us back to God if we put our hope and faith in him. So now what we see is we still can't make our way to God no matter how good we are, no matter how many times we go to church, no matter what we do that's good. But, and we'll let you be Jesus now instead of sin. It's better now, right? Good. Always better to be Jesus than sin in a play. Now he's going to take this, and I want you to take these folks, you guys look at them and wave at them to come to you. He's saying, come to me, all you who are weary. Come to me, follow me. And now he's going to take them to God. Take them over. And as they get connected with God again, because of what Jesus did on the cross, everybody now can be back in that family they originally were created for. If we put our hope and faith and trust in Jesus, this can happen for you too. This is what we've been telling all of our students. Give them a hand. All right, you guys, take a seat back over here with these folks, where you were. Thank you. Take a seat right here. Now... I'm going to sit down too. It's going to be harder to see me, but it'll be all right. I want you to turn in your Bibles, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this, briefly to Mark chapter 10, to Mark chapter 10. I got my sippy cup in case I get thirsty. Mark chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 13. Okay, verse 13. This is a really cool story. I don't know if you've heard this before, kids, because it's kind of about you. Are you ready? Like, you ready? Yes? A few of you? Okay, good. Here we go. Here's the story. As they were bringing children to Jesus that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. That means he was really mad. In fact, it's the only time we see this word used of Jesus, that he was indignant. And they said to him, let the ch-, he said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and he blessed them, laying his hands on them. Now, this is something you could look over really quickly, but I just want to remember what we've been doing. We've been talking about encounters with God where we come to Jesus and meet him, where he wants us to follow him and be his, put our hope and faith and trust in him. So we've been talking about all week in VBS for the last three weeks in our main services. And so... These kids want to come to Jesus. Their parents are bringing them to Jesus. And when they bring him, they bring their children to Jesus, the disciples are out there and they stop them. And Jesus gets mad. He rebukes them. He says, don't be stopping them. In fact, if you looked in the Greek, in the original language, the commands that are in here in this particular passage, he says this. He says, let the children come to me and don't hinder them. Let them come and don't stop them. Don't hinder them. There's a lot to be learned from that statement. And then he goes on and he tells us why. He says, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. It doesn't just mean it belongs to children, but to those who are like these children, he says. But the kingdom of God belongs to them. That should be really important to us, folks, because it talks to us about the fact that we need to understand how do we get to be a part of the kingdom of God? How do we get to be with him forever, reunited with him? He says you've got to be like these children. And so it's really important we understand what he means by that. And I could ask you, what are these children like? And we would get some of them are bouncy. 
We get some of them are tired. We get some of them are happy. Some of them might be sad. But we, there's all kinds of things we could think of. But when you read all of the scriptures together and you start to see what it looks like to be one who comes to follow Christ, there's several pieces that jump out at us. And I want to share some of those with us. First of all, though, I want us to notice what he says. He tells the disciples, let the children come to me. Bring them to me. Don't hinder them. And I think we as adults, let me talk to them for a second, right? The, you, these adults, we need to understand it's all of our responsibility to bring these children to Jesus. They show up here not by themselves, but with parents bringing them. And you read the story. It says they were brought to, the, to Jesus. And that the disciples tried to stop them. But we can't be a hindrance to these kids. You know, I grew up in church where if you ran down the hallway, you got in a lot of trouble. We never see Jesus yelling at kids. He yells at the religious people, right? He yells at them for being overly religious, He doesn't yell at the kids for running to him. We see that the kids are the ones that always get an audience. You guys are always the one that Jesus says, welcome in and brings in. You always get to be there with him. It's really awesome that that's the case. The question is, will we be like them, right? Make sure that we're not hindering them. Instead, let's be proactive. We need to, in our homes, if you have kids in your home as a grandparent, as a parent, as a cousin, as an aunt, whatever you are, When you have them in your home, you need to bring them in and share Jesus with them. Read scripture. Read a kid's baby Bible. We've got several we could offer to you or give you ideas about. Read a catechism. Teach them truths about scripture. Just take 10 minutes a day over breakfast and lead them towards Jesus. Pray with them. Show them that you're praying for your own faults, asking forgiveness. Don't hinder them. Bring them to Jesus. And the best way you can do that is by you going to Jesus with them. Bring them to Jesus. It's all of our responsibilities to do that. And then we see, secondly, right, he says, for to such belong the kingdom of God. This is huge. Let's think about children for a second. Why would he use children? Why would we have children anyway? Have you ever thought about that? Why do we have children? Do you know how hard it is to have children? Some of you do. I mean, it's hard. Some of us yearn for them for so long and don't get to have them, and that's hard enough. And some yearn for them and get them and wonder, what did I ask for? Most of us get them and love them, but it's really hard, right? They do get them, not most of us get them, but the ones that do, it's really tough sometimes, but we love them and we want them, but why does he do it that way? He takes other things in the universe and they just like have one and they split into two. Why does he do that with us? I think he's trying to teach us something, right? He says right here in in these verses, read verse 14, but when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me, do not hinder them. For, that means because, here's the reason why, to such belongs the kingdom of God. He's demonstrating to us through children what it means to really get to be with God again. And he uses children to show us that. Here's some of the attributes we find through scripture that we're supposed to have that children exhibit for us. Seemingly insignificant. Back in this day, they didn't even care about children that much. That's why the disciples didn't want them to come in. They were bothersome. They weren't valuable to society. How many of the kids in our world aren't valued by many, many people in society even now? They're seemingly insignificant. We think they can't do much for us. They can't help us with things. We just keep doing our day and don't include them in, right? But Jesus stopped everything. The one who's holding all things in the universe together, the one who's here to, on a mission purposeful to go to the cross, and he stops and takes time for children every time we see children come on the scene with him. Seemingly insignificant to others, but not to him, right? What about... The fact that they're small and powerless. We're supposed to come to God the same way. Small. No power to do anything. Can't even hold myself up half the time, right? Powerless. 
Helpless, weak, broken, needy. So many of our kids are, have so many broken parts to their lives. Broken homes, broken moments, broken hearts, broken things, medically issues, things we have to deal with and struggle through. I got three of them home right now with high fevers, right? There's always things, needy. They need us so much. They can't do anything on their own. And the word he uses here for children that came to him, that's the Greek word used for children usually about seven years old and under. Talk about needy. Talk about feeling insignificant, helpless. Also, we see them being described as dependent and trusting. We're supposed to trust the Lord like these children trust. We're supposed to believe the things about him that are real and believe them like children do. One of the things that we were taught this week at VBS is that God can do what? Y'all remember? Anything. They tiredly say it. They said it so much, right? God can do anything. Say it with me. God can do anything. I don't think you believe it. Say it one more time. God can do anything. He really can. But how much, how often do we actually even live like that's true? But these guys do. And we're called to have faith such as these. Humble and honest. How many of you children have sinned against God ever? Transgressed the law of God, gone against God? Nobody wants to say it, but we all do up here, right? A few of us out here, yeah? They were way quicker to raise their hands too, right? Yeah. They're way more honest than us. I ask my kids all the time, did you just lie to me? And they'll be like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) They're so quick to be honest and real. We're supposed to be the same way. What about simple faith with nothing to bring? They just run to Jesus, and he brings them in, and he lays his hands on them. He touches them. A God who's not just transcendent and far off and mighty and big, but who's loving and caring and holds us and blesses us and puts his hands on us because he loves us. This is the kind of God we see in the scriptures. This is the kind of God we've been telling our children this week to come to. Come to this Jesus. And I'm telling you today, your children of the Lord too, like come to Jesus. Don't put him off and bring these kids to Jesus. Our church gets 52 weeks a year, 52 days a year pretty much, to spend with your kids or with other kids in the community. And you have the whole rest of the 365 days to spend time leading them to Jesus. We can't do it separately, but we have to do it together. It's all of our responsibilities. And all of us need to be a part of this, for to such are the kingdom of heaven is it belonging to. But to such are they, to such are we, for such are we. We are made for the same thing. We are seemingly insignificant. It doesn't take but a moment in life of something bad happening for us to go, man, I, I thought I understood things. I get nothing. Nobody seems to care like I thought they cared. Nobody understands me like I thought they understood me. I'm alone. I'm suffering in something. People don't connect with me. So quickly we feel the insignificance that could be there apart from the Lord. Or the small and powerless, man, needy, broken, helpless. We think we're so powerful and we don't need any help from anybody until one big disaster happens and we recognize how needy we really are. Dependent, trusting. We we depend on every single breath the Lord puts in our body because our brains work the way he wired them to work and keeps them working until the day he takes us home. We depend on him without even thinking about it. We're so dependent upon him. But are we in our faith? Are we in our walk with him? Simple faith with nothing to bring. Oftentimes, we've got all these ideas in our head about what we're doing for God and how he kind of owes us. We don't say it that way, but we say, hey, God, do this for me. I've been doing all this stuff for you. Can't you just give me this one thing? Man, we have nothing to give God he doesn't already have. We have nothing that he needs, but he loves us anyway and gave us what we need, who is Jesus. 
For to such belongs the kingdom of God. For to us, these children, for to us, these adults in this room, do we belong. For such was he. Jesus so much loved us that he became one of us. He became seemingly insignificant, was born in a manger for us. He was the one who was needy for his mom to feed him. He was the one who was broken for us in our place on the cross. He was the one that did everything that needed to be done. Powerless. He had all the power in the world, but he laid it down to die on the cross in our place that we might be brought into relationship with him. Dependent and trusting, he sat with his father in prayer and said, Father, take this cup of death from me. But if not, not my will, but yours. He depended totally on the father. He said, into your hands, I breathe my spirit as he breathed out his last. Totally dependent on his father, giving himself completely over. And Humble, nobody is more humble than Jesus. The full God of the universe who created all things that through him, by him, and for him were all things created, and he spoke things into being, and yet he humbled himself to become one of us, to live the life we could not live, to die the death that we deserve. That's true humility. And he did all that so that he could bring us into his family, so that we could enter into his kingdom and know love and grace and mercy apart from sin one day when he returns. And that's a loving a loving Savior. In fact, simple faith with nothing to bring, he stretched his arms out on the cross and gave it all. With nothing else left, he let go and gave everything so that he could have us because he loved us that much. It says, for the joy that was set before him, that's honoring his Father and winning us over through his sacrifice. Man, he has done so much to show us that he loves us by coming for us. Now it's time for us to come back to him, children. It's time for us to run to the Lord and give our heart to him. Give ourselves over to him because he gave himself over to us. It's time for us to to lead these children. Don't hinder them. Don't slow them down. Don't stop them, but encourage them. That's why we need our best theologians, our best teachers, teaching and serving in the children's ministry. Those with great patience or those who need great patience to go serve in our children's ministry. We need those who are best musicians, the ones who love the best to go and serve in our children's ministry because we need that there, but we need it also in our homes because 52 days a year is not enough. We've got to lead our kids to Jesus. It's up to us to do that. But here's the thing. When you fail, we serve a God who didn't fail. When you don't do well enough, we serve a God who did everything for us on the cross. When we mess up, we serve a God who never messed up one single day. And therefore, we find forgiveness and restart and replenishment. And we find what we need as we lean into Jesus. So let us come to Jesus again today. Let us put our hope in him so that he gets the glory, we get the joy, and we see these young kids come up to become missionary warriors for the sake of Jesus. They would take the gospel around the world. Let's begin praying for that now for them, and even in their presence. Let's pray for that now. In just a few moments, we're going to see a baptism time. We had several people baptized this morning because they put their faith in Jesus this week. We want you to celebrate that with us. We want you to remember that that is not the end game. That's the starting point. This is where we begin the life of living our lives for Christ the way he lived it for us. These children have done so much this week to make much of the Lord, to learn about him and to serve him. Let us follow their example, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Let me pray for us. Father, you are so good. 
You're so gracious and good to us that you would send Jesus, even though we are sinners, even though we live against you at times and, and, and don't do what we're supposed to do. You loved us so much that you sent your precious, holy, beautiful son who's worth more than all of us put together. God, thank you for the gift of Jesus. Help us to love him back because he first loved us. Help us to make much of you and enjoy you and take more and more people to you as we come and follow you daily. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.